Good evening. I'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. This is Wednesday, April the 28th. I pray that you and your family are doing well. Thank you for joining us for this midweek time of devotion and prayer. I'm so excited to see God blessing our church, to see some of you for the first time in over a year, to see new faces in our congregation. We just know God is in control and we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. And thank you for your patience with us, for your continued prayers, love, and support. And we know that God is in control and that he's going to see us through. Tonight, I'd like to share with you just a brief word from his word. And it's a passage found out of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Remember, Paul was in that Mamertine dungeon or that old cistern, that cold, dark, damp well where he was being held captive because of his proclamation of the gospel, because he was preaching the good news of Christ. Wicked Emperor Nero had sent him to this prison. As a matter of fact, this was right before Paul would be executed because of his faith and his message of Jesus Christ. And so if we think we have had it bad, I know we've all had a long, difficult season. And maybe during this season, as I've talked to so many of you, you have felt very much alone. You have felt very much discouraged. You have felt very much depressed. You have felt very much worried or fear or uncertainty about the future. We've all had many of these feelings with all those of you who have experienced great loss in your life. It's been very, very hard. In this passage today, we see Paul, who again is one of the, I believe, the greatest people of faith we see in all of God's word. And we see his humanness. We see his heart. We see his love of the Lord and his inspiration for us for whatever situation we're in. We think about Paul in this situation, knowing that his soon-to-be execution would happen and his life on this earth would end. But if you have your Bible, you can join me. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is a beautiful passage. And right away, we see in verse 16, at my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. He had a problem, and the problem was not only that he was imprisoned for his faith, and it said at first, 
scholars believe that this was probably at his first hearing of his current imprisonment. It wasn't his first imprisonment that he was referring to, but where he was right now in a hearing that had taken place. And the problem was everyone abandoned him. All of his supporters left him. Have, have you ever felt all alone, not only through this pandemic, but in the world where you have felt that you're all by yourself as Celine Dion would sing and you just feel like that no one cares and, and that you have been abandoned? If so, you're not alone. We have all felt that way before. and Maybe you're feeling that way even now. But when he said that everyone deserted me, you know who else I think about? I think about David, the psalmist. David, the psalmist, wrote over in Psalm chapter 41, verse 9. He said, even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. We can't think but help thinking rather about Jesus, who remember when he had been falsely uh, accused and gone through these bogus trials that all of Jesus' disciples fled him. In Matthew 26, 56, then all his disciples deserted him and fled. It's like when you need the support and love the most, people did not want to attach themselves to people who were going through hardship and pain. You know, I think sometimes people think, I've got enough problems of my own. I, I don't want to go down with the ship, so to speak, with someone else with all their problems and their circumstance. But David, a man after God's own heart, felt deserted by his dear friend. Jesus, by his closest circle of friends, his own disciples. And then Paul now. And if you would read back in verses 14 and 15, Paul, well, excuse me, I'll go back up to verse 9. He said, and this is that famous come before winter passage, but he said, do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and my scrolls, especially the par parchments. Alexander the metalworker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him, because he strongly opposes our message. So he was giving a litany of names of people that had forsaken him or abandoned him or deserted him or had harmed him. And, and he was wanting his dear friends to come to him in this time of loneliness, this 
time of hardship, this time of persecution and pain. So the problem was he wanted support. And I hope that we would all have love and support for one another and that we would think about someone tonight maybe that we can reach out to, that maybe they're alone or maybe they're struggling or in pain. But then secondly, we read on, he said, may it not be held against them. Doesn't that sound familiar? When Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And we've talked about it before. We also are to forgive those people who know what they're doing. They're trying to hurt us. They're trying to bring harm. They're trying to cause a problem. Father, forgive them. Paul said, may it not be held against them. But then he says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The second point I want to make tonight is that we have the presence of the Lord. We have his strength. And when he said, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Well, it wasn't actually Jesus standing there, but the presence of the Lord. And we know we have the presence of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit is our advocate, is our comforter, promises to be with us. And we read in scripture when Jesus gave the great commission in Matthew 28, in verse 20, he said, and surely I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. In Hebrews 13, five, he said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we know that we have the presence of the Lord and he gives us his supernatural strength. Why do you think Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things, everything through Christ who gives me strength. Many of you have that passage memorized. I encourage you and challenge you to memorize it if you don't in whatever translation that you use, but I can do all things or I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength or who strengthens me and then I also think about that great passage when David wrote in Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. But tonight, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, know that you're not alone. We have the presence of the Lord and not only the presence of the Lord, we have his supernatural strength to help us through whatever it is that we're facing and whatever our challenge is, no matter how great it is. But then Paul would go on to write, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles may hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. He was still proclaiming the message of Christ to everyone, the Gentiles and everyone who would hear the message. And when he said, and he was delivered from the lion's mouth, well, 
potentially could have been referring literally to a to a lion that maybe as some early Christians were thrown to the lions. But I think he was referring to wicked Emperor Nero as the lion, the one who was uh, putting him in this position because of his faith in Christ. But then he goes on to say, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Isn't that a beautiful promise? And that's, that's the last point I want to make that we have a promise, that we have security that comes from our faith and relationship to Christ. Paul is saying, look, I know that my life's about to end. Things, things are not looking good, but I'm going to stand boldly, and, and you can say promise, or you can even say peace, but he said, I can face whatever I'm going through and whatever's up ahead, because I know the Lord is with me and I have the security of eternal life, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. I know that my eternal life is secure. What about you tonight? Do you know that your eternal life is secure? Do you know that regardless of your circumstance, that, that God is with you and that we can look forward to what he has planned for us, not only on this side of eternity, but ultimately in eternity. And then we think about those beautiful passages a few verses back in 2 Timothy 4, uh, verses 7 and 8, when he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. And that's a great challenge for us tonight. No matter what we're going through, no matter what our situation, no matter how lonely, how depressed, how bleak things look. And, and I love something that I read uh, just this past week. I love that it said the sad truth is that the light always shines its brightest in darkness. And so whatever darkness you're experiencing tonight, know that the light and love of Christ shines its brightest when we are going through the darkness. And it said he will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And maybe you're being attacked tonight. The devil will use anything and anybody he can to attack you and me, especially when we're trying to grow in the faith, especially when we're trying to live for Christ, especially when things seem to be going so well. That's when the devil will attack us. So when Paul set up earlier to uh, 
because he said you should be on your, verse 15, you should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Well, he was talking about Alexander the metal worker, but we must be on our guard because we know who the real enemy is. The real enemy is the devil, it's Satan. Remember, that's what Peter said in that passage that we've used uh, quite often when in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, when he said, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's who we have to be on guard against because the devil is the enemy. It's not your spouse. It's not your co-worker. It's not your classmate. It's not your teammate. It's not your boss. It's not your employee. It's the devil. He's our real enemy. So tonight we have the promise and the peace that we have security in Christ. And I love that passage, which I've shared with you again, not too long ago. And it's a beautiful passage out of Hebrews six nineteen. But we have this hope as a anchor, firm and secure. We have this hope as an anchor, firm and secure. We as followers of Christ have the hope of the Lord when we know him personally as an anchor through whatever storms are blowing around us right now as an anchor holds a ship in position and place our faith in Christ, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, holds our lives in place when we feel like things are hopeless or out of control. So I hope tonight that these words have encouraged you and I know they've spoken to me and ministered to me and I pray they've ministered to you. As we close out uh, this time tonight, you should have received a prayer list if you're on our email uh, list from church and you should have received some prayer requests. We have so many people that are at a crucial place in their health or in their situation. Many people still grieving the loss of loved ones. Our country certainly needs prayer. We need to turn back to God and repent from the things that we've uh, made our world today and our society. We need healing among races. We need healing in our country. We need revival and spiritual awakening. And so tonight as we pray, however the Holy Spirit leads, would you remember not only all these names, but remember our country and remember our world. And we're praying that this, again, pandemic's coming to a close and and that not only would things get back to normal, but they'd be better than normal, better than they've ever been and a great harvest of souls would come to Christ. So tonight I pray that uh, if you don't know Christ, that you might give your heart and life fully surrendered to him because he's with us. Even when people, people who we thought friends, people who we thought were supporters abandon us, we know that Jesus stands beside us through the power of his Holy Spirit. We have his presence. And we know that he's going to bring the victory. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so tonight, I'm going to invite you to join me for prayer. God, I pray right now that, first of all, you would just receive the glory and honor both now and forever that we can't thank you and praise you enough for the victory we have in you. Thank you that you were with Paul in that cold, dark dungeon, that old well cistern. And thank you, Lord, that you're with us in our circumstance. I can't imagine the persecution Paul experienced, and yet he kept the faith. And uh, Lord, he, he finished the race. And Lord, I pray that we would do the same thing. We keep the faith and know, Lord, that uh, you are with us, that we have fought the good fight and we have finished the race and we've kept the faith. And Lord, we just give you all praise and glory. May our heart be like Paul's, that no matter our situation, no matter our circumstance, we're still gonna give you the glory. And that's a challenge for me and all of us and Lord, I pray tonight for every name on our prayer list. You know the need. And Lord, there's some folks in need of a miracle. There are folks taking treatments or going through therapy or rehabilitation. Oh God, bring healing to all of these folks. Be with the doctors and nurses and, and therapists and bring healing, we pray, in the strong name of Jesus with your stripes. May we be healed in every way, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally. We claim that passage. With your stripes, with your wounds, we are healed. And Lord, I pray for our nation. We're so divided, Lord, uh, among not only political parties, but races and, and different uh, groups of people, oh Lord, bring healing, I pray. And Lord, just open our hearts, open our eyes to see what we can do, Father, to bridge the gap and to bring reconciliation and healing. And Lord, we pray for unity. We pray for wisdom to our leaders. Father, we pray for great revival and spiritual awakening would break loose and may it start in our hearts Remove anything of me or us, Lord, that would hinder your Holy Spirit from moving. May we never quench the Holy Spirit, but our hearts would be right with you. And forgive me, God, of anything in my heart or life that is not what it ought to be. I want a right heart and a right mind and a right spirit. And Lord, I pray for all of us that we would repent from anything, Lord, that would hinder your Holy Spirit in our lives or in our homes or in your church. And Lord, I just pray tonight for, again, many people that are battling private pain. You, you know what their needs are, Lord, and I'm sure many that I don't know, but Lord, for people battling addiction, we have so many. I pray in Jesus' name, you would deliver them and the chains of addiction would be broken Heal them, bless their families, God, as they try to help them. And I pray, Lord, they would get the help they need. Lord, I pray for others tonight that, Lord, you would just, if they've never given their life to you, that they would open their heart and life and surrender their all to you. And Lord, they would confess their sin because we're all sinners. 
and they would ask for your forgiveness and invite you to come in to be their Lord and Savior. May many accept Jesus tonight and follow you, God, from this moment on, and that we would bring others to know you as well. And Father, I just uh, ask now that you would just bless folks the rest of this night, remainder of this night, and the remainder of this week. Bring us back to your house Sunday, Father, with the right heart, the right mind, the right spirit, and with open hearts and minds. And Father, that you would continue to uh, bring people to Jesus. Father, we celebrate young people coming to Christ. We celebrate adults, Father, making decisions for Christ and new church members, new family members coming in. And Father, continue, Lord, just to, to do great things and help us, Father, to be obedient and help us to be on the lookout, to be on guard, that Satan would not steal our joy or rob us, Father, of the, of the great things you're doing right now. And we'll just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor and the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us tonight. I pray that the Lord ministered to you and encouraged you through his word and through his spirit. We are continuing to do our best to make things as normal as possible, understanding that we're not there yet, but we're on our way. We'd love to see you in worship at 8.30 or 11 this Sunday or you can watch and worship with us virtually. But thank you so much for your continued love, prayers, and support. Tonight, we're going to close with some beautiful music. I hope that it speaks to your heart and ministers to you. We look forward to seeing you soon. And don't forget how much God loves you. And we love you too. Have a great night. And God bless you.
Amen.